I'm telling you, what's up, people? Moto X Pod Show brought to you by Broadway Power Sports, Tyler, Texas, MX Girl Designs, Shock Socks, York Welding, and Fab, All Sport Dynamics, TPJ Racing. I'm your host, Mark Poole, with me in studio, my cohort, cohort, <laughs> co-host, <laughs> co-something anyways, the one and only, Jamie, Dark Side, Guida, Dark Side, what up, man? What is up? Rock and roll and the headphones, I'm feeling good. Ready to talk to Trey Kennard tonight? Trey Kennard, guys. Trey Kennard. Yep. The recently retired Trey Kennard, the, the very fast, uh, awesome rider from Oklahoma, if you will. And uh, look forward to, to seeing what he's up to now post-retirement. And, uh, oh, yeah, we, got a, we also have a, a producer. I forgot about him. Say hi, James. No, I'm good, man. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, I, I don't know if we need him. I turned all that on and got it ready to go tonight. Okay. Hold on, hold what on. is your phone doing over there, Mark? Sorry, it's, really. It's, I'm trying to do the Facebook right. Live thing. I'm not very good at it, so <laughs> I don't spend enough time on Facebook. I should be fine with it. But, you should uh, ask TJ. I mean, he's pretty good at doing the whole breakfast video thing. Yeah, <laughs> he does film his food a lot for sure. He's. Uh, I, I, I thought only vegans did that. I, I, you know <laughs> what I mean? Man. I don't know. I don't watch people talk about food, so yeah, for sure. But uh, I might take a picture of, of uh, the the big plate of tacos I might get. That's just because I'm trying to rub it in that everybody else isn't eating right. them, and I am. But uh, anyway, I'm not trying to say, hey, eat tacos. Everybody should eat. Well, I think everybody should eat tacos. But anyway, yeah, that's a given. That's definitely a given, guys. Unadilla has come and gone for this year, and it was a mutter. Sloppy. I don't like mud races, dude. Uh, you know, it, it's not as much fun to watch. No. But at least it adds a different element for the riders. You kind of see some – I mean, look at J-Mart J won a race. Yeah, he did. You know? He did. Uh, that Justin he, Cooper kid legit. Yeah. yeah that kid's yeah. legit. Davalos looked pretty damn good. I hope somebody hires Marty to ride a 450 next I year. I do, too. I do, too. I mean, there's a lot of guys that do 450 rides, so – Listening to listening to the Pulp Show yep. <clears throat> today, they I think Mathis thinks he's going to be uh, on a Suzuki with JG on a 250 bike. Okay. Generally, if Mathis yeah. starts putting stuff like that there out there, he already knows something. He's so, he's pretty on point most of the time. Yeah, I tend to I've, I've gotten my information from that guy for many many years. <laughs> so uh, that's why we do our show on Tuesday. So yeah. we get our information from him. Yeah, absolutely. Because we don't really know shit. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, man, I. Uh, I, well, I I still hadn't watched the last 450 moto, so y'all might have to fill me in a little bit on what. I know who won. Yeah, it's the same guy who's been winning. Yeah, man, shoot, old uh, Muskin, man, he's killing it. He's mm. he's cutting that lead in half. Eli didn't, you know, whether he was just being conservative or not a good mud rider or whatever. Muskin's coming. I mean, two races left, and he just cut the points lead in half in one race. Yeah, and I, you got to wonder if, if uh, what's going on with Eli. Is he, is he in conservation mode? I don't think uh, 10-5 is conservation mode. No, I don't no think. that wasn't good. That really wasn't good. 
this idiot right here. He's, oh, he's, he's, yeah, you guys an are distracting me. We're about to turn his microphone off. All right, everybody. If you're, if you're listening, wondering, we we just have an idiot as a producer, I and mean, we have two idiot. Producers. We have another idiot. Yeah, he's just not here. But uh, so anyway, um, one idiot found the other. Man, yeah, I, I'm happy for Marvin. Man, I really hope. I would love to see the last round come down to like a few points. That'd be awesome, just like Supercross. At the rate it's going, it might, man. That yeah. points lead was up in like the sixties or seventies, and it's thirty-one now. Yeah, yeah. And that's to back to bag it, of course. But uh, yeah, you know he's just struggling. Blake's with his just hurt, injury, man. and that stinks that we deal with that every year. But mm. it is what it is. But it, it it was still a good race. It was entertaining to watch some stuff. I mean, uh, you know, J-Mart almost got cleaned out by the down rider. 20 feet from the finish line. Oh, wow. Yeah, he yeah, did. Yeah, yeah right. so that was, you know, that some excitement there. And it's just, it was a, it's still a good race. You get to watch them. You know, it's hard to tell who was who. Well, yeah, no doubt. No doubt. I like seeing J-Mark back up there in yep. the win category. I feel like it's been a little up and down year for him, but, you know, things are coming together. I think he'll, uh, I don't know what his plans are next year. I know he wants to ride a 450, whether that'll happen or not. It's another story, but uh, you don't know, man. There's a big shakeup at Honda now. Uh, Dan Bentley, teammate, you know, from Honda is actually going to be the team manager at Geico. Eric Kehoe's back in at, uh, yeah. at uh, HRC. So uh, that ought to be a interesting transition. I don't know what LaRocco's going to do. I think he's going to have some type of role there still. But uh, he's not going to be the team manager anymore. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, kind of what goes on there, what happens, how things – if there's any difference at all, you know. Right. Yeah, I mean, little shakeup. Honda needs it. They need to do something, man, because Honda's such an iconic brand. They've won so much, and it has been so long since that Premier Class program has done anything. It was Ricky Carmichael's the last yeah, guy to win a title. It's been for way too long because that bike's yeah. too good. Well, you think about it then, though. Like before that, it was McGrath. McGrath had been gone for several years before they won with with Ricky. Yeah. So I mean, but but for Jeremy though. Jeff Stanton, Ricky Johnson, David Bailey. I mean, John Michelle Bell. They were yeah, killing their, their history. Dudes, you know, is Bob Hanna decorated? Oh, big time! And I'd so, like to see him return to that. I hope yeah. Kenny Roxon gets. Uh, I, hope, I I feel like if there's anybody that's going to come back from from an injury like this and be back to where they were, it's Kenny. Yeah, I, I think he, I think people are going to be surprised. Mm-hmm. I'm starting to feel that way. It's just the way he makes me feel because of his social media. He's very high spirited. He seems like he feels great. Yeah. I, I yeah. I'm. Well, Kenny's a gamer too. Like he's gonna make whether he's ready or not. He's gonna yeah. have everybody on 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 pins and needles thinking right. he is. You know? I really don't expect him to be ready at to hundred percent at Supercross. He may line up, but I don't think he's gonna be super competitive beginning. I I just don't see him being ready that quick. But outdoors next year, I hope he I hope he comes into it. Slow, if you will. Yes. Yeah. Just yeah. finds his groove. Starts doesn't push too hard and do something stupid. Runs top five. Yeah. Get gets gets the groove back. Gets down on solid ground in about not even mid season. You know, being consistent until then just starts railing off right. lands. And I, I mean, I know in the two fifty days, Tomac was a little better than him, but. From what we see in the 450 class, if Kenny's out there, Eli doesn't seem like he's the same guy when Kenny's there, unless they're at Southwick. Right. And uh, so we'll, we'll see what happens. I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to Supercross already. I'm ready for outdoors oh, yeah. to be done and gone. I'm ready for Supercross. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're more over it than I am. But, yeah, I mean, hell, I'm ready for the MX Nations and, the you know, the Let's talk about Monster that. Cup. Yeah. Yeah, we got a little bit of time. Let's do it. Let's talk about that. Cole Seeley uh, will, will be the MX1 guy. Obviously, Zach O, Zach Osborne, MX2, yeah. and they're going to – put Thomas Covington on a 450 uh, for MX3, the open class. And I thought that was a little weird considering Covington's never ridden a uh, 450 professionally, but I hear he rides one really well. So, I yeah, don't know. Yeah, I mean, 
Dude, he's a professional rider. You know, yeah. I, I bet that he'll come to he'll give the best the best uh, ride he has in him. And I'm I'm happy that we got some guys that want to go. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. not really mad at Eli that he doesn't want to go. No, I totally it's disappointing. It is. But I'm glad that we have some guys that really want to go and be there. Well, and Jamie, why don't they move the fucking race closer? Pardon my language. Yeah. Why don't they move the race closer? You You'd know? have to ask the people to put it on, man. I, I mean, mean, you would – it just – I don't understand. I mean, like, the guy, I don't care what anybody thinks about what a pro rider does or doesn't do or how much money they make. You don't know the work they put into that. And sure. they do need downtime. Absolutely. So the, what they do is more physically demanding than any other sport on the planet. Right. you got to have rest and recovery. You're going to burn out. Yes, Then you start sure. seeing the, the, the 26-year-olds retiring. Nobody right. wants to see that. I want to see them go to their 35, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I, I get it. They're, they're, I, I think they shouldn't be – I don't like the fact that they're being forced – to do the the USGPs. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Uh, I think the MX of Nations, too, as a fan who supports the sport, and that's yeah, why there is a sport, Definitely is the MX of Nations is more important. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I'm thankful that for Monster's involvement in the sport, and they do a lot. Yeah. But, dude, do you got to make – That's too much control. Like, you, you, you're there to sell product. The, the, yeah. Whether Eli Tomek is at the, at the GP or not, you think that's going to make somebody not, not buy or not buy a Kawasaki? No, dude, you got super. No, if he goes out and wins the MX of Nations, though, for the US, Team USA, I think that's a way bigger. I think that speaks more volumes yeah, than anything. Bigger. Absolutely, and uh, I think the priority is a little jacked up, but, yep. but that's corporate in America in a nutshell, and I freaking hate it. Yep. Every bit of it, but it's the world we live in now. So yeah, we uh, can't do anything about it, but talk about it. So yeah, well, that's that's all we can do. Well, I I mean, I think Cole and uh, Covington and uh, you know Jamie Osborne, I, I think they they. They're going to be top three. I like this team. I think they can win. Yeah, they, I really well, they absolutely can win. I mean, anything can happen. Look at what happened last year. Yep. Yep. Well, yeah, we were real close to that one. Yeah. And that was a bummer that you that just happened. just never know. But I still think, man, we're we're over in uh, England this year, right? Yes. I mean, the good thing about Covington is he's raced that track before. Right. You know? He's already over he's in already Europe. He's already adjusted. Yeah. I mean, it's not going to be a big deal to him. He's not, you know, they're not loading up, spending a ton of money to get bikes and mechanics and everybody else over there. I look for Osborne so, to win his class. Oh, for sure. So you take that. Cole Seeley's probably Another thing surely too. can get top six, seven. Yeah, Osborne's raced over there, too. Right. Raced Covington's already years. been there. Yeah. We, I think we're, we're going to be okay. I think Seeley just needs to, I mean, everybody's got to do their part. And uh, I think it'll take care of itself. It's going to be hard to beat. Uh, Team Great Britain's going to be good, man. They, oh, yeah. Uh, Anstey, uh, Dean Wilson, and um, uh, Tommy Searle are three legit guys. No doubt. Uh, no doubt. And the Belgian team's always yep. good, and we'll, we'll see what happens. But, uh, I mean, I'm just I'm looking, looking forward, forward to it. Definitely. Monster Cup will be right after that. I need some Supercross in my life, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Jeff Brewer with Allsport Dynamics last night, he called me about some stuff, and he's like, hey, have you ever been to the Monster Cup? I was like, no. Are you going to send me? <laughs> but he was just wondering if I'd ever been there. But, yeah, I wish – that's what we need. We need somebody to send us. So we can yeah, do some. Yeah, uh, somebody hook us up. Get let's us do some in. Media. Yeah, let's do some. We'll cover it. And, yeah, you know whatever. If any but, of our listeners want to send us to the uh, Monster Cup, we will cover it. We're now taking donation for plane tickets, <laughs> so uh, I'm sure we can cover our own hotel. It's Vegas. It's cheap, but um, uh, we'll just stay with Mathis. Or yeah. Dune Goon. We'll uh, probably stay at his, on his couch. Yeah, I'll, we'll sleep on his couch, but uh, if he'll let us. Yeah, Travis. Well, he might let me. Probably not you, but yeah. Well, well, yeah. <laughs> It is what it is. I'll, uh, I'll sleep in my car if I have to. Exactly, yeah. We'll shit, just you know? take one of the shuttle buses. Just take me to the stadium. Yeah. Well, I'll be down. I'll be staying at the Bellagio, son. I won't be worried about somebody's couch. You know, I'll be down there. Right, right. Be down there big pimping. But uh, there you go. anyways. 
All right, guys, we're going to get to our first guest, 2008 250 Supercross champ, 2010 250 national champion, the recently retired, the very well-beloved Trey Kennard. Trey, what's up, buddy? Not a lot, man. Just trying to uh, enjoy the retired life, you know? <laughs> well, that, you, you beat me to my first question, man. How's that going? It's been interesting, you know, um, definitely trying to figure out what, what to do with myself, but um, all in all, it's been really good and um definitely weird for sure but um <laughs> you know trying trying to see the the positives in it and and uh really just figure out what's what's next right. i heard uh timmy ferry say one time after he retired that he, he had trouble sleeping afterwards because he, he didn't have anything to do like there was nothing to put his energy into have you noticed a little bit of that a uh, little bit here and there you know um i've uh i've tried to uh occupy my time you know i had a little project i'm working on so um i've uh i've been been a little bit tired at night so um <laughs> but it is weird man it's like it's uh you don't don't quite know what to what to do really so yeah so it's been a, a couple weeks now since you uh officially announced your retirement so in that amount of time probably not not this last weekend but do you wish do you have any wishing wishes to be back out there do you miss it yet yeah, I mean, I think when it's it's always in your blood, you know. Yeah. Uh, if you if you race at that point, um, you want to be able to to do it forever, you know. And, and I, I definitely would be if if um, you know, mentally I felt that I that I could. So, right. Um, definitely difficult, you know. Like this weekend is like you you know you need to be at the race, you know. So the first one that I've I missed being retired and. It's just you you kind of get lost like what do I do with my weekend you know so yeah um it, it's definitely interesting but um in in my heart I know it's the right decision so now when they dropped the gate on that second moto and it was coming to downpour and it was a slosh pit out there were you like yeah I'm good where I'm at man <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's funny um you know I went to Millville to announce everything and you know I was walking into the, to the first race with my wife and um, I was getting kind of bummed, you know, like disappointed, like, ah, oh, man, I, I want to be on the gate. And then I uh, walked up to where I could see the track, and, and it just looked so gnarly. And I was like, <laughs> okay, maybe, maybe I'm good with it. <laughs> right. I have to say that I'm massively impressed with the fact that you were honest about that, that you mentally you weren't focused the way you needed to be, and you were thinking about things that you don't need to be thinking about as a racer. Most of the guys and the pro level will not admit those kind of things, and I, I don't like that about our sport. I want some honesty. I want to know the truth, you know. And I, I'm really impressed with that. Absolutely. Thanks, man. It's um, you know, since since I broke my back, you know, it's definitely been a little bit in the back of my mind, and and um, you know, definitely, you know, there's been a lot less at times, and even non-existent at times, but. Um, I don't know, man. I think uh, especially after you've had the kind of amount of, of injuries I've been through, it's kind of hard to to not have that thought, and uh, it was it was just getting too difficult for me to handle. So absolutely. Well, that was leading into my next question. You know, going back to the uh, <clears throat> to when you broke your back and and the numerous things that you've come back from. You you really just answered my question. Did it just get to be too much? Was it just like I've done this enough times? I'm over it. You know. Yeah, I mean, it's like, um, I, you know the process that it takes to come back. 
just because you've 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 been there, you've done it, um, you know, you, you've you've experienced it, and you've lived it, and um, it's. Um, I think that's that's what makes it kind of difficult, you know. Is, is each time you have a setback, you you um, you know what it's going to take, and it just um, it, it gets it gets more and more difficult to handle. You know, each injury was was more difficult to come back from than the, than the last. So um, you're exactly right. It, it just got to the point where I just um, it, it wasn't worth me me making those risks anymore. You know. Right. Yeah. As a fan. It's, it was sort of the same thing for me anyway. You know, like I've always been a fan of yours. First of all, I'm a Honda guy, so you you were on Honda's a big part of your pro career. And your faith and your personality, I put you up there with like an Andrew Short or a Kevin Windham that's just so loved by the fans. And I was worried for you numerous times because it just seemed like things went wrong, you know. And it, Lord, a lot of times it wasn't your fault. It was just these freak things that just seemed to keep happening and it was gut-wrenching because, man, I wanted you to win a championship as ba- so bad. As bad as we all hate to not see you out there, we, we just – I, I, I want to echo what Jamie was saying. I didn't want to see you get hurt anymore either, Yeah, man, You know? It, yeah, no. I think it, it became a little more evident how, how difficult it was on me. You know, I was um, – you know, definitely got a, a little more difficult to be kind of cheery and, and right. um, you know, kind of joyful in, the, in those experiences, so – um, yeah, I appreciate that, man. It, it was um, definitely, definitely a difficult road, you know, because um, I, I really wanted and, and believed that I, that I could, you know, win a championship and and kind of achieve those those dreams. But um, you know, when I look back at, at my career, I mean, uh, I'm so grateful and, and blessed to be able to go races and win championships and and um, you know have the support in, in the community that I did and um, there's so many good things to, to look at that, absolutely um, I, I can't be too disappointed in, in what you know I wasn't able to, to achieve right you know I have to say like as far as fandom goes this is this approved my point a little bit my ex-wife who does not follow this this the sport anymore still texted me in February. She's like, hey, how's Trey Kennard doing? That's all she wanted to know. <laughs> she didn't care about anything else. And she uh, she was a big fan. My son was a big fan, you know, when he was involved, watched, when he was interested in the sport. And, yeah, you just – you have that love, man. And I, I think your faith and everything, that just – that's a big part of who you are. And it's it, – it really is amazing, I think, how you've touched people in our sport. I appreciate that, man. It's – uh you know, it's been a, a big honor, you know, to hear hear things like that, and um, just just to get to be involved. You know, it's been a huge pleasure. So, right. I, I appreciate that. Well, I'll say I'll say this: coming uh, back, you came to the Pro Challenge here in Tyler back in like 2012 when you were coming back off injury. I think it was off the was it off the the back? Was that when you were coming back from the back injury? Yeah. Yep. Yep. And uh, the the and I was uh, th- my phone started lightning. We all text each other when things were happening. And, and I guess when you were spotted <laughs> in the yeah. pits, so the, dude, I started Trey Canards here, Trey Canards here, yep. Trey Canards here, and it just like spread like wildfire. <laughs> yeah. And and we feel like you're a hometown guy. You're not from very far away. And and uh, so we, so so we're gonna claim you. You yeah. know, like you're, you're an Oklahoma guy. We're gonna <laughs> claim you down here in East Texas. You know. Yeah, for sure. That that was such a cool race. Like. I don't know. It just said grown up racing at Swan, and yep. um, I don't know. It was just cool for me to, to go back and, and and do that race. 
Yeah, I, ha- I have a pair. Of, you signed a pair of X-Brand goggles for me that day, and I have a really cool picture. I don't know if you know who Shan Garcia is. He's a big guy in the motor. Yeah. Okay, yeah. well, Shan took a picture of you going past the mechanics area, and I was out there with a pit board for one of my buddies. So, like, you're about to blow by me, and I'm just standing there, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll hold the pit board for Trey Kennard. That's what the- <laughs> so, it's, it's good stuff. But uh, as far as your faith goes, I, there's a couple things I wanted to bring up. Um you know, first of all, my, uh, we're friends with Brian Jackson, who I, I think you've met a few times with adr- uh, yeah. Vertical yeah. Adrenaline. Um, great guy. And Do you have any plans to do anything like, you know, in motorcycle ministries of any kind in the sport? I know you had some – you want to get involved with the safety in the pro level. What about ministries? Yeah, it's definitely um... – you know, been a thought for sure. Um, the the biggest thing that is a little bit of a reservation is, is there's there's a lot of it. You know, mm-hmm. um, it's kind of like you know there's I mean, so many different churches at this you know at this point. Um, so you know if I if I do something, I would like to really just kind of continue up here and as far as you know just kind of jumping in with with everyone as far as you know got a good relationship with everyone at FCA and um, people like Panikrev and and uh, all kinds of ministries, and, and uh, I, I really enjoy being able to kind of um, just be a part of everyone's everyone's ministry and, and um, you know, really try to do it that way. So right. hopefully this kind of gives me a chance to, to be involved with more fans and, and that kind of thing. So, um, so yeah, no, I, I, uh, it's it's been a pleasure and, and actually really cool to be able to work with a lot of these ministries and hopefully I still get the opportunity to do that. Right. Well, it's and along those lines, um, and you may not want to talk about this and if not, if so, we won't keep going that way. But we, we, had, while listening to Pulp at one point, JT, uh, mentioned you helping Daniel Blair and a bunch of other things that you've done, you know, not too specific, but you've done a lot of things and not necessarily promoted it. You just do it out of the kindness of your own heart. Um, is that something you've done, like, do regularly? Or, I don't know, I guess it, it's really impressive that you would do that, first of all, for somebody like Daniel. But was that a pretty common thing? Yeah, I mean, I... Um, you I mean, can answer all, however if, you want, if, bud. If, if, I'm, if I'm really, like, you know, if I'm really living out my faith, I, I think that should be a part of it, you know? Um, as far as, you know, truly kind of empathizing with people and, and wanted to help them and 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 do the best that I can with that. So yeah, any, any opportunity that I kind of had, I, I wanted to to try to help. And um, I mean, I think that speaks so much louder than anything I could say or yeah. or promote. You know? So, yeah. Uh, and, and not that, not that that's why you do it, but I mean, I just feel like that's that's the heart of, of what I believe, and um, and I really try to try to do that. So. Um, and, and it's just, man, it's such a cool thing to be able to, if you have the opportunity to be able to help someone and, you know, it's true. I mean, it really is more blessed to give than receive, you know, it's like, absolutely. When you help someone, you, you really are, um, I don't know, it just brings you a lot of joy and, and, um, just, just neat to have those kind of bonds. Well, I'll say that, that, that <clears throat> watching you hearing things like that like i don't i I can see you can always 
listen to what a person says if you want. They can say what they want. They can say this. They're going to do that. But I'm always the kind of guy that I'm watching what people do and not what they say. And when I see you, I see a guy that, that's just that's walking that way, that's doing it the correct way, if you will. If it, there's a right, I'm not sure if there's a right way to say this. But uh, if I'm going to take from somebody and believe what I feel like they're putting out, I'm going to do it by off what they're doing, not off what they're saying. So I'm going to commend you for that. That's awesome. I feel like you, you walk the walk because you don't have to talk the talk, you know? I, I appreciate that, man. I, I hope that that's, I hope that's the, the, not just what people say, but you know, what, what's happening. And, you know, obviously and I, I make a lot of mistakes and, and, and that kind of thing, but I, I just, I hope that people see um, a genuineness and, yeah. um, you know, and I'm, and I'm really portraying that, you know. I think you are. I definitely think that's the general consensus. Um, so one of your big sponsors is Fly. Um, I've got some amateur support through them, so I talk to Chris Cooksey every once in a while. Best and, gear out there, by the way. That's what I wear, too. Absolutely. And, and a big part of the reason I sent my amateur resume in last year for the first time was because of JT on Pulp and the fact that they're, they seem to be a very family-oriented business. You know, they're faith-based. Um, I liked what they said. I liked what JT said. Is that, a, is that, did that have anything to do with you sticking with fly? Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, it was just like, I, I don't know, for whatever reason, you know, when I, when I, you know, not to, to bash fly or anything, but when I first signed with them, they were, they were not really, um, one of the brands, you know, right, kind, right. Of, kind of one of the you know, Western Power Sports is a huge presence, but their, their gear was kind of not not up to par. Sure, um, it's come a long way. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I was I was a little hesitant to go go that way just because you want to you want to make sure that you're giving yourself the best opportunity. But but every everything that I that I known about the company, the way they were just really consistent with me and and. I don't know. It was just. It just seemed like everything worked out really great, and I'm I'm really thankful that I went that direction because what I've gotten to work with there, as far as the people are concerned, has been like unreal. So. Like vinyl. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the whole crew there is is, um, is pretty unreal. So I've, I've really enjoyed my relationship, and it's it's been really cool for me to see the progression that they've made in the last you know, six, seven years. So Yeah, and it keeps um, it keeps getting better and the, I don't know the guys from the other companies. I mean I just know what I talked to J T a little bit or whatever and he loves it. I mean he loves the company and they're super excited about what they're doing and yeah, just I think it's a great company. I love how much how many you see so many privateers in Fly Gear. And um, I, I really like that shows me how serious they are about our sport, the commitment level to yeah. it. And uh, and that's one of the reasons I wear. Not to mention, it fits awesome. It looks pretty cool too. And um, yeah. what do you do? I mean, it's it's affordable too. I'm a working guy. I don't have just a ton of disposable income. I've got a great, really safe helmet to wear. You know, the Fly F2 Carbon, and uh, a gear that's reliable that holds up. I mean, what what better could you ask for? You know, not putting any other gear companies down, but right. Yeah, no, it's it's uh, it's it's a great company. I mean, it's just. Um, I don't know it's it's they've really stuck to who they are and and that's that's been really cool for me to um to to work with and be a part of so. yeah 
Well, we don't want to keep you too long, so I just got a couple more questions for you. Um, I was talking to Daniel Blair earlier, and he was curious about your amateur career. Uh, you know, you really dominated um, in your last couple years when you went to Loretta's, but maybe not so dominant earlier, you know, earlier than that. And he was wondering, he wanted to know, was that just a maturity thing? Was there influences that helped you progress to the point that you got? Um, were you just a late bloomer? <laughs> yeah, man, I didn't grow arm finger until I was like 16. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, man, there were, there were several things. Um, you know, I was always kind of on the, the cusp of, you know, being one of the guys, you know, I was always third, fourth, fifth, never really one of the, the guys, you know, right. sometimes I was, I was there, but, um, for, for whatever reason, you know, in, um, in 2006, I, I, um, started working with Greg Dorenzo, which was a, it's a huge part of that, you know, he just had a lot of structure to, to what I was doing. And, um, and that was a, that was a huge, huge thing. And, um, yeah, I don't know. For, from from then on, it just kind of took off, and and uh, you know whether that was a, a matter of just the, the dedication, or or um, you know things just falling into place, or or uh, maturity, or whatever it may be. It was it was a lot of fun. <laughs> right, probably just a combination of all those things. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I think it was really good, honestly, that I wasn't you know that dominant rider. Um, because I mean, it, it really helped shape, kind of form me as as a as a person, you know, and and really kind of helped me kind of manage my expectations as a as a pro. I definitely think uh, that uh, a lot of these guys should should take a page from that, and um, you realize once you get to that level, you've only just begun. Like I'm sure there, I have, I can't help but think that there's a mindset with some of these amateur kids coming up, and I'm not putting them down. But what I say is, they think they've made it. They've they're on a team. They're there. You've only just begun at that point, correct? It's just now starting. Yeah, I mean it's it's so difficult. I mean because it just happens so quickly, you know. And um, you know, you're only 16, 17, 18 years old, and all of a sudden you're making a lot of money, and it's it just just happens really fast. So, um, you know, if if you kind of grow up expecting kind of the world to, to fall in your place, if you you know you've been that guy that's been dominating it, I can see it being even more difficult. So. Um, yeah, no, I, it's, I think it's having good guidance is so important. And I, I had a lot of that when, as I was a racer and, um, you know, throughout my life. So, right. um, it's such a huge, huge part. I mean, we're such, it's just such a young age to, to have all this responsibility and, you know, have the right people kind of around you who can go sideways quick. Very overwhelming. Right on, right on. Well, I'm going to shift gears on it just a little bit. <clears> that the the, uh, the motocross of nations team for for the USA was just announced, and uh, you were a member of that team back in 2010 uh, when the race was at Lakewood. I was at that race. It was a, it was an amazing day watching you guys go in there and handle that. And uh, what do you think of the team? What do you think of what the race has kind of become over the last few years? What were some thoughts on on that? Yeah, it's it's uh, it's interesting, you know. Um, I think one thing that's really hurt it for America is the fact that it's like um, maybe four or five weeks after our season's over. Yep. Um, 
I mean, that's really tough on the guys. You know, you kind of have this big letdown of finishing your season, and you, you you actually really need to take time off because, you know, at the end of September and, and beginning of October, you're already preparing for the next year. So um, we race so much. I mean, 30 weekends a year, I don't, I don't know if people realize what that what that looks like. Well, um, well there's only in 52 in a year, and I think people forget that, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's a it's a big ask, and um, you know, I think that you know, I think Kelmack's probably getting a little bit of heat right now because of the decision. But I mean, it says something whenever you got Ryan Dunn making the same decision years before, Ryan Bilpota making the same decision years before that. And, um, honestly, I, I just think we probably need to lose a, a couple rounds to keep these guys, you know excited so right um but but on, on the other hand man it, it what a cool opportunity to represent your country and i know when it was when it was closer to the end of our series it seemed like our our nation was a little more enthused to to go do it so um but having said that too you know i think we got three guys that really want to be on that team and i think that's a really good recipe for um hopefully some good results yeah, I'm I'm excited about this team. Actually, I really feel like we've still got the goods to go in there and 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 win. Uh, Sealy's an amazing rider. Zach Osborne is just on another level right now, and I don't see anybody beating him in his class no. over there at all. Zach and, wants uh, this so bad. Well, not to mention he's you know he lived over there, raced over there, knows what the deal is. Covington the yeah. same way. And little, he's a fly gear. So yeah, yeah, he wears fly too. <laughs> that, that doesn't hurt anything. But. Uh, I still think we can do it, Trey. I really do. I, I know it's we're an underdog team, but I like that situation. You know. Yeah. No. I think. I think honestly, Thomas is going to be a, a really big asset to the team, being that he's he is there. You know, he's he's lived it, and and obviously he's got to be just over the moon to have this opportunity. So, um, and that's huge. You know, Zach Zach's experience over there is is amazing and. Obviously, what he's doing right now is, is no joke. Um, and, and like you said, he's always wanted to be a part of this team. And um, and having him in MXP, I think, was a really good call because of, uh, that's a tough that's a tough job at that race. I mean, yeah. When I did it, I was on a 250. It was like it was work, you know. Well, you're at elevation really too. Call. It was tough, right? Yeah, I mean, everyone's at elevation, so all the bikes get kind of slower, but um, there's a little more you can do to the 450s. You know, the 250s already kind of maxed out. So, mm-hmm. um, But, uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm really happy for him, and I'm especially happy for Cole. You know, this is such a cool opportunity for him, and um, I know he really wants to be there. So, um, man, I'm, I'm cheering for him. Absolutely. Yeah, um uh, so you think you might get down here to Swan ever again for the next pro challenge? I know you're gonna, I know you're going to be busy. <laughs> man, so. Yeah, no, I mean I think it'd be awesome. No, I, I uh, top I Jimmy's really love Swan. I yeah, always had that. Top Jimmy's that been doing good the last couple of years. He's gotten a couple seconds behind Cunningham. So you come down with your Oklahoma boys and man, I, when when those money races are involved, watch out for for Jimmy, man. He'll He'll uh, beat Ryan at one of those things. Yeah. Yeah, he's going to show up and be serious about it. It's not a joke <laughs> when he gets there for that. Now, Trey, are, are you riding at all? Do you have a bike? Uh, what's going on with that? Yeah, no, I, I sit back my bike. Obviously, you know, they're, they're still, uh, you know, functioning and, and racing and developing. 
so they, they need the parts and everything. And, um, right now, I don't have one, man. So I well, I have two. That. I have two if you want to come down and ride with yeah, us. Yeah, both Hondas. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, no, man. I need, I need to get on a bike soon. So sure right. I'm starting to itch. I got an old uh, old CR250 I'll let you spin laps on. It's a 96, bro. It's cool. Ah, the two-smoker, the golden age. That's it. Right. That's it. So, uh, we'll look forward to get, seeing you back on a bike at some point, hopefully, and uh, maybe seeing you down here local. Or And uh, I hope uh, you stay involved in the industry with it. We still see you around. And, um, man, it was it was a pleasure talking with you tonight. Yeah, an honor. I want to thank Guy Cooper, yeah. Guy Cooper for – passing my information along i hate asking other people to do that but it's sometimes well, when you, when you just can't guy, get a contact it's I, I had to when guy cooper asks somebody to do something i'm sure they don't mind so <laughs> yeah especially an okie man right got coop asking you to do something you do it right now, now was he was he uh was he one of your heroes growing up yeah he was you know his his prime you know i was i was just born you know so little, <laughs> you know 90 years of 90 he won his championship and, and yeah. I'm, you know born september 90 so um so a little before my time but i mean he was always at the local tracks so yeah um i mean just to see him and you know obviously my dad was a huge coop fan so i naturally just followed suit so right um yeah it was really cool to get to know him and Robbie, you know, um, oh, yeah. Robbie's Robbie is my all time favorite. He's only about a year older than me, but I didn't care. Like he was still my guy. You know? It's funny. Cause Cooper's my all time favorite. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Just, I'm both of them are just really good guys. Yep. Too, so, well, um, it's cool. We've completed the trifecta. Then we've had all three of you guys on now. Like we've had Robbie, we had guy Cooper on, and now we've had you on. So probably three of the baddest dudes yeah. from Oklahoma. And we've had just, on this, crappy little show we do man we just got to get top jimmy he, top jimmy won't answer my text trey yeah he's a little busy oh right man oh jimbo he, he don't answer mine either <laughs> <laughs> uh, i'm gonna keep trying well trey we know you're a busy guy man we won't keep any longer but thank you so much for coming on tonight we really enjoyed talking to you and we really appreciate it as well uh no problem guys thanks for the opportunity yes sir thank you and hey, we'll see you around bud uh, all right all right thanks guys the Trey Kennard guy. Well, that was pretty cool. That wow. wow, he's just a good dude. Who'd have thought when we ever started talking and recording what our thoughts are on on the sport we love called motocross that we'd start getting to talk to guys like Trey Kennard that we would ever got yeah. to talk to Trey Kennard to begin with. I I, I don't. Know, I'm surprised. I'm, I think sometimes like during the day when I'm texting these guys trying to line this stuff up, <laughs> I think. How cool is this? And the guys I work with don't give a damn. No, they don't care. Get back on that shovel, boy. Who cares? I'm like, man, I'm just like so stoked, you know. That line ain't going to fix itself. You know, I did. I called Guy yesterday. I finally broke down. Or I texted. Yeah, I called him and I asked. I said, hey, man, you know, I I hate to ask this. And if you want to say no, say no. But I would. we want to get Trey on. But I don't have any contact information. Would you pass my info on? He's like, yeah, man, just text me what you want, and I'll send it over to him. And about three hours later, I get a text from some weird number. Hey, this is Trey. No way. Wow. Well, I'm going to give – we're going to give credit where credit's due right now, guys. Jamie Guida puts in a ton of work behind the scenes to help make a lot of this stuff happen. Who's that? Oh, who's Jamie Guida? Oh, yeah, I forgot. We have to call it. It's Dark Side. Dark Side puts <laughs> well, in a just, ton. A lot of people don't know. They right. probably don't know. <laughs> That's right. Well, yeah, I mean, I, when I first met him, I didn't know his name was Jamie either. He's in my phone as Dark Side still for that reason. <laughs> I just never changed it. But um, I'll say this. 
we're going to pat you on the back a little bit, Dark Side. There's a lot of work goes into getting a lot of these guys on. He does the bulk of that. Now, we'll, TJ and I will handle that when we can. But uh, Jamie's just really persistent in doing this. So a lot of truthfully, I've just kind of let him do it. I don't want, I don't want to mess up the good <laughs> rhythm he's got going. You know what I'm saying? So, but we really appreciate the work you oh, do yeah. here, buddy. It's fun, and, man. Uh, don't ever think it's taken for granted. Oh, I know better. I mean, we take TJ for granted, but oh well, he deserves it. Yeah, oh well. But uh, anyways, why didn't you talk? It's Trey Kennard. Man, Why didn't you talk? I don't know, dude. What the hell is wrong with you? Trey, Trey, Trey might have felt right at home with this hillbilly. Yeah, Trey's another another ginger in here, redneck, you know? <laughs> Why didn't you talk? Man, I don't know, dude. It's Trey Kennard. Uh, you had him right here. He's on your phone. Well, now he's on my yeah, phone. And delete so. that, please. Don't, nah, delete his number. <laughs> Do don't, not don't bug him. He'll block your ass. So. But anyways, guys, uh, we enjoyed having the great Trey Kennard on, and right yeah, now we're going to go to commercial break. Hey, Kylie, does your husband have to deal with leaking shafts? No way, Kathy. He uses Shock Socks, the original and number one 10-second removable fork sill protector. Looks like the best way to keep grit and grime out of your fork seals. So, if you don't want the headache and expense of constantly replacing fork seals, get Shock Socks. Go to ShockSocks.com and visit them on Facebook to pick your color. And don't forget, they are available for street bikes too. In business since 1989, Broadway Power Sports and Tyler strives to provide a superior product with superior service. From motorcycles to watercraft, their full parts and service department, they can get you taken care of with great brands like Can-Am, Polaris, Yamaha, Suzuki, Sea-Doo, and Victory. And don't forget they have firearms too. Broadway Power Sports is your one-stop recreation shop. Broadway Power Sports can match any online price. They can have most orders by the next day for no extra charge. With a friendly staff that offers a personal touch with a smile, how could you go wrong? Call 595-6288 or click broadwaypowersports.com. And save. That's 903-595-6288. And tell them Moto Xbod sent you. Dark Side here. Are you guys in the market for a set of new custom graphics? Are you tired of the same old basic layouts the big box companies offer? Well, if so, then you need to check out MX Girl Designs. From custom graphic kits, stickers, reproductions, and even vintage, MX Girl does it all. Call or text Char at 936-828-1472 or email Char, C-H-A-R, at mxgirl.com, and that's mxgirl, G-U-R-L, and tell her Moto X-Pod sent you. You got the one snowman on eastbound and down. Hey guys, Muscle Mark here. I want to introduce you to my friends over at York Welling and Fab. From new construction, truck beds, barbecue grills, and anything else you can come up with, York Welding and Fab has you covered. With deep motocross roots and 20 plus years experience, York Welding and Fab is a brand you can put your trust in. Call Carl at 903-780-7369. That's 903-780-7369 and tell him Moto X Pod sent you. All right, guys, welcome back. Again, big shout-out, Broadway Power Sports, Tyler, Texas, MX Girl Designs, Shock Socks, 
All Sport Dynamics, uh, York Welding and Fab, TPJ Racing. Coming up next, Cycle Trader Rock River Yamaha's Bradley Taft. Bradley, what's up, dude? Not much. How are you guys? Man, we're good. Yeah. Just uh, interested to hear from you, man. Yeah, have you? Have you? Are you still finding mud from places you didn't know you had? Uh, actually, yeah. Every <laughs> all my gear and stuff, me braces, everything was just yeah. pretty much hammered. Had so to, cl- had to, clean, had to your, clean everything. Had to clean your ears out real good. Your eye, your hair, your <laughs> oh, eyes. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Oh man, what a crappy, crappy deal right there. That that yeah. looked like it was. I mean, a race is a race. You're gonna race no matter what. But that did not look like it was much fun, man. I think it, it would have been all right, but like I lost my goggles by fourth lap, so mm. that that was miserable. Like I think if I would have been able to keep my goggles, I think I'd have been fine. Like obviously it's not fun, but right. it wasn't it wasn't horrible until I lost my goggles. I can imagine. I can imagine having to duck your head quite a bit when that happens, <laughs> right? Just pull the visor yeah, down. Yeah, definitely. Right. You well, look like the one problem was too is there's standing water everywhere. So every time you go down a trailer or something, like water be splashing up at you and your eyes and stuff. Hey, yeah. did you look like one of them beginner guys? You have to pull your visor all the way down over your eyes. You know, one of the beginner guys at the local track, how they pull their <laughs> visors down and run around. They don't really know you're supposed to have it back up yet. <laughs> no, I didn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, well t- hey man getting into your pro career you're just a little ways into it what do you think so far um it definitely i mean it, it's it hasn't gone exactly how i planned i mean i had a big injury in supercross and was off the bike for three and a half months and you know i've actually it's the first time i've ever been off the bike that long so right i was expecting i mean i wasn't expecting it to be easy to come back from that but I didn't really think it was going to take as long as it's taking. And uh, just trying to be patient with all that and, you know, just try and look at positives each weekend because it's so easy to look at all the negatives that are happening. But just try and look at the positives that I can and and keep progressing and yeah. just keep trying to improve each weekend. That's, you're doing the smart thing. You don't need to come back too soon. I mean, in years past, we've seen lots of riders do that. you got to take your time. Uh, that's going to that's gonna benefit you in the long run. I mean, you're, you're a rookie. Um, you're still learning, you know, the process. It's a big difference jumping from Loretta's and coming in as an amateur and, and running these longer motos and much faster or a lot more faster guys, you know. Than when you're in the amateurs, there might be two or three guys that are really fast, and then in the pros, everybody's that fast. Did you, yeah. notice, did you notice that coming into it? Was the intensity level different? Uh, yeah, I mean, it definitely is, like, like you said, amateurs, there's two or three fast guys, whereas, you know, you get to, you get to the pros and there's, there's 15 factory dudes out there Yeah, and they're all going really fast. It's like whenever, you know, it's like, you'll be like, whenever I have been up front, like I was a little bit last year for the last three. And then at the beginning of this year, I was a little bit. And it's like, you know, you're, you're up there and you look back and you're like, wow, there's like seven dudes right behind me. Whereas right. amateurs, there was, there was never, that would, that would really never happen. Man, I, I, uh, I can only imagine it being a rough transition. Now, Hey, jumping back to your injury, tell what was the extent of that? Um, I ended up, I had a traumatic brain injury is what they, they classified it as. Um, basically I had, I had brain bleeding and, um, I, I had a little bit of brain swelling, but not, it wasn't like 
a whole lot. It was just it was a little bit. Right. But the biggest thing was the brain bleeds. Oh man. Yeah, that's scary stuff. Yeah, right that's, there. That, that, I'm getting a little bit nervous sitting here <laughs> talking about that. Yeah, no, it definitely it was. Um, I mean, I, obviously, I didn't really. I never. I've never had bad head injuries. I mean, I've I've hit my head before, but I'd never been like actually knocked out right. until that one. I was knocked out for, well, I think five minutes. And oh, wow. I mean, I've never even had that. So I, you know, whenever it first happened, I mean, I obviously knew it was bad, but I was like, oh yeah, I'll be back on the bike in a couple of weeks. Like, <laughs> yeah. Didn't think it, like I didn't really know the extent of it. And then, you know, I had, I went to several doctors because the first one I went to is like, you you know the first one I went to was like you should never race again and he's like and if you do it you should at least take a year off and I was wow. like well well that ain't gonna I work mean, I'm like <laughs> yeah I was like I mean if, if that's what it is I'm like I'm fine with doing that if that's really what I have to do but I was like you know this doctor wasn't didn't really know about motocross I'm like you know motocross you take a year off you're pretty much done like right. I. I wouldn't have had anything when I came back. So it was literally, it would have been the end of basically my racing. And so I went and saw, we did, me and my family did a lot of research and I found two of the best neurologists in the country and went to both of them and got their opinions. And I got released by both of them within three and a half months. Oh, that's good. Good deal. Um, so, you know, like I said, you're not, your year's not going the way you had hoped it would. But, again, there's a lot of fast guys. What have you learned so far that you think will help you improve next year? And of course, you have to take the injury into account, but what have you learned so far? I think, um, for me, for outdoors at least, just like the, the best races I've had have been on tracks that I've ridden. So that is a big thing for me. Like whenever, I mean, just like you know, Dill, I went out this weekend and this last weekend and you know i knew the track and i went out and practice and was you know riding really well and i had qualified eighth but i was like sixth for most of the practice until yeah. like the very end and i ended up eighth overall so it's like for me and then like i had ridden millville as an amateur a couple of times and the first one i had bike problems with the second one i had, i've got a ninth place moto two so it's like I think for me, it's just having the experience of riding the tracks. So I think like next year going into outdoors, I will have ridden all the tracks and I'll have that, that comfort sure. and not just be showing up to a new track. Like, Oh, well, I got to learn, learn this track. Whereas obviously there is some rookies that haven't ridden them, but most of the guys that I'm racing against have ridden these tracks, you know, they've, they've raced these tracks three and four times. I mean, yeah. Yeah. That's going to be a, so definitely, that's the biggest thing for me is just knowing the tracks and getting the experience on the tracks. Absolutely. Um, are you, is your deal with rock river through next year or will you have to try to get re-signed or what, what are your, do you, do you have a deal for next year? No, I don't. I currently, I don't have, I haven't signed anything for next year. Okay. Um, how is Christ working for Christina? She seems like a really awesome team manager. Yeah, she's cool. Yeah, no, I, I love it. She, the, I mean the whole team, I love the whole team. I mean, um, Christina's super, super laid back. I mean, she's definitely, obviously wants me to do good, but she's also, she was really supportive through the whole injury thing. And she wanted to make sure I took the right steps and took the right amount of time. And, you know, she was 
she was basically there for me the whole time going through that and even coming back to racing. She's like, listen, like, we're not expecting anything. I mean, she's like, trust me, we want you to do well, but if you are, you know, feeling weird or something, she's like, we don't want you to get hurt. So that's great. She's been, she's been awesome. I mean, literally, I mean, I couldn't have asked for a better, better team manager. So she's been great. And the whole team has been great. I like, everybody there i mean it's it's pretty laid back but at the same time we know what we have to do so i mean it's been awesome yeah christine is a neat lady we've had her on before and uh, had a chance to talk with her at lakewood we came and watched the race there and uh, i like that team man i feel like that's a good environment for somebody coming out of amateurs to uh to 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 naturally to progress into the pro ranks to uh maybe not to have so much of that pressure on you to where you can kind of get comfortable get your legs under you and we've seen guys go from that team and do some really incredible things so they're legit over there man yeah no definitely that's that was a lot of you know of my thought whenever coming out of amateur like you know this will be good i mean i you know i like this team a lot i mean coming out of amateur obviously i i know what i should be doing and i put pressure on myself so just being able to be under them and christina obviously wants me to do well but she's yeah. not you know down my breathing down my neck like you need to be doing this this and this and you need to win you need to do this and it's like yeah. it, it was it was it was really good for me to do do that and go with them just because i can kind of be comfortable and i i know what i need to do i yeah. mean i don't I don't need somebody to tell me what I need to do. I know where I'm at and where I where I should be and know what I should be doing. So I like she's, been, that. she's been great. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. I like hearing that. Yeah, I do too. Like I, I feel like if I had anywhere near your ability and I had a chance to ride for a pro team, riding for somebody like, say, Mitch would be nerve-wracking to me. Because And I, I don't know yeah. that I could handle that stress. I think I would need a more laid-back environment because – it just would be more comfortable. I don't. I don't want that added stress. Because yeah, I'd have enough pressure on myself. So yeah. Hey, how about what's a day like training with Swanepoel? What's a day like? Yeah, like what? What? Let's give give us a breakdown of a training day. Say on a Tuesday or Wednesday. I mean, Tuesdays we usually ride. So wake up, eat breakfast, uh, do like a morning warm up, and then. We'll go ride, and it's obviously me, Plessinger, Nichols, Ferrandis, Cooper, um, and we we all go out and we do motos. We do motos and just push each other. You know, we we'll go. We'll space out a little bit, but give each other enough room so it's not like we're not way apart. So it's just like we're kind of riding around, right? And then we'll usually do motos, and then after that, we'll go do. Um, Usually Tuesdays we do gym, and then after that, you know, it's pretty much we try and rest up after that and get get prepared for the next day. But it's it's awesome being able to you know ride with all those guys, and obviously Swanee is very smart, knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. So it's it's awesome to have him to give me advice and maybe you know, hey, you should do this or you should not do that. And it, it's awesome to have him and be able to kind of learn from him well he was a very good rider in his own right and you're in some really good fast company there so i'm sure that helps helps everything keeps everything you always on your toes a little bit during practice yeah definitely we we push each other pretty hard during the week so it's definitely it's good it, it helps for on the weekends definitely 
You got anything, Mark? You got any, you got yeah, anything. man. I was just. Um, I know you don't have a deal set yet, but I really. I hope hope to get to see you. We're we're in East Texas, so I hope to get to see you in uh, Houston or Dallas this year. Maybe we can come up and visit and you know get to know you a little bit because you seem like a good dude and really. I just I like that team. Also, I think I'm a, I'm a fan of Christina, so I want to see all you guys do well. We got your back, Bradley. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. So, Thank you, guys. I, I remember the first time I saw your name, like I was wondering if you were related to uh, Jenny. Jenny. <laughs> you get that a lot, I bet. Everybody, no, good news, yeah. is that your sister. No, I get that a lot, but we're not we're not related. Right, right. Well, just think, man, if y'all ever got married, everybody's there's <laughs> easy transition there. You don't got to change names or any of that. It's all good. <laughs> Yeah, I figure that's pretty common. But, man, we really, you know, I hope you do really well in these next couple races. Um, dude, I'd like to see you get in the top 10. It'd be awesome. And uh, I think I'm going to have to pick you in uh, fantasy this weekend. So yeah, maybe... no no pressure, man. No pressure. <laughs> I won't let you guys down. There Sounds you go. good, man. Well, hey, Bradley, I know you're a busy guy, man. We won't take any more of your time. Thank you so much for coming on and uh, and talking with us. Yeah, thank you guys so much for having me on. Absolutely. Appreciate it, bud. Have a good evening. You guys too. All right, see you, man. Cycle Trader Rock River Yamaha's Bradley Taft. Wow, yeah. I look forward. Big things come from him. That those head injuries, especially one that severe. Scary, yeah. It's hard to come back from. I know Ben Townley had a few of those that were really bad, and uh, you just you got to do the right recovery time and and just know, man. Once you've had a head injury like that, it's not ever quite the same again. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. And I guess it, the more you have. The, the easier it is to come back, you know, to have them again. Well, so, like, a, a, a smaller crash could institute – I don't know if that's the right word – institute a, a worse injury than mm-hmm. because he's already had an injury. So, yeah, he's got to really be careful of that. It's I've scary. never had one that severe, but I've had some pretty bad ones, and I've had a lot of them. So, I'm going to probably be, like, lost here in a few years and not know where I'm at. <laughs> but uh, getting punched in the face, riding motocross, you know, things like that will do that to you. But, uh uh, we're going to get into our locals only yeah. segment here shortly. So we're going to bring uh, Mr. Shan Garcia on from shock socks and, uh, berm, Texas berm. Uh, what do you, yeah, the, the book, Texas berm, uh, shock socks, uh, geez, man, he's got his hand in so many different things. Yeah. Um, his, re- his resume is pretty stellar. So we'll yeah, get him on here shortly, guys. Uh, yeah, the burnt Texas berm on Instagram, shock socks and then Texas berm on the Facebook. Um, and he's leading up to try to, put out another book pretty soon oh man i'm looking forward to it the first one was awesome so i can't wait to see the second one but uh anyways all right guys we're going to go into our our next segment the locals only segment and uh we're going to bring on none other than mr shan garcia on shan what's up yeah man just sitting around doing a bunch of steroids getting pretty swole now (laughs) (laughs) oh i hear you man you doing bicep curls bro trainer to the stars yeah, six-pack girls. How, how are y'all doing? Oh, man, we're good. good. We just finished up with uh, Bradley Taft. We had Trey Kennard on earlier, so we're on top of the world right now, man. Man, that is cool. Hey, what did, uh, what did real quick, what did Trey Kennard have to say to you guys? I talked a lot. We talked about uh, what he's maybe doing in the future. You know, he wants to do some, um, basically, I, well, he talked about this before, about doing some safety stuff with Supercross. Uh, we talked about his amateur career a little bit, about how he's helped out some other riders uh, that have been down on their luck. Um, just, yeah, yeah, a lot of stuff like that. We tried to, we didn't really talk so much about like just the his highlights so much because that gets touched on all the time. We kind of talked about him as a person more. Yeah, that's a, that's that's great. He's a great person. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He knows Brian Jackson, and you know, so we talked about that kind of stuff, and uh, we talked about fly racing a little bit and how that. You know his sponsors and just 
just kind of got to know him a little bit. He's it's, a good dude. Cool. Yeah. He's a real good dude. We enjoyed talking with you him. Know, it's pretty incredible, his story and his career and his journey. And uh, when he was an amateur, covered a lot of his stuff uh, via Whole Shot magazine when I worked with Whole Shot for yep. all those amateur years. And uh, it's incredible, an incredible story. And it's uh, it's kind of heartening to see him retire. You, you hate to see a guy retire, but it was probably about time. And uh, I know that probably was somewhat of a tough decision but man i look back at him on 85 at village creek and just tearing up the pro circuit series when that was a dominant series here in uh here in north texas and, yeah. and up at the cooperland and just what a what a what an awesome guy trey canard is that's cool y'all had him on the show yeah he was really cool you know he on a couple of weeks when he the weekend he announced his retirement he was on pulp mx and he he admitted that one of the reasons he gave it up was while he was out there, he was thinking about what could happen, and, and you can't do that at that level. You can't really do that at any level. But I was really impressed that he admitted that because most of those guys would not say that. And most of them will try to fake it for yep. too long, and milk and he he's not that kind of guy. He's always he was a stand up kid and a stand up teenager and a stand up young adult, and you know he's an inspiration to many. But uh, I just want to say that's cool you had him on the show, and and also hats off to. Mark, you and, and uh, TJ and Jamie, y'all done a great job. I've listened to a few of the shows, and uh, my hats off to you guys for for lighting the kennel at both ends and, and never giving up and, and pushing forward. I've done an excellent job with the show. Well, man, that means a lot hearing coming from you. So that, that's that's awesome. I, I appreciate it. And we we really thank you for uh, for your involvement and uh, believing in us and uh, sponsoring this little show. And uh, it's it's starting to turn into something. And if it never gets anything more than what it is, I'll still keep doing it. I think Jamie will too. But yeah. thanks again for all the help you've given us, man. Yeah, well, you know, when you start at the bottom, somebody's got to believe in you guys, right? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> right. Well, you know, one of the reasons we're having you on is uh, for our locals-only segment. But before we get into that, tell us what's new with Shock Socks and Texas Berm. Man, uh, I'm glad you asked. I appreciate that. Shock Socks is, is rolling really well. And, uh, Mark, your Shock Socks are in the mail. I dropped them off. It was either this morning or yesterday morning at the post office, and I mailed them to Jamie's house. But uh, That's you're, you're awesome. Spot- in the mail and uh everything's going well tucker rocky's been great their uh sales are kicking and we're uh we got more and more riders running shock socks we had some riders do pretty good last week in loretta lynn and um everything's going really well on the shock stop side and then obviously the texas berm side it's still a still a work in progress and kind of a slow rollout but uh, i've got the instagram and the facebook page and right now i'm just concentrating on bringing back a lot of that like we talked about canard on small bikes and as a, an amateur, just bring a lot of throwback images to uh, the Texas Burn Instagram and Facebook page. Yeah, how many years back do you have like uh, um, pictures built up from? How many years? You know, when did when did you start taking pictures? How old is your catalog? Well, that's kind of a two part answer. Um, it's a great question. I started really shooting images around oh four oh five. Uh, with decent equipment when I joined Whole Shot Magazine. and But I've got images all the way back to the late 60s and 70s that have been kind of given to me by, let's just say, like Steve Wise, Steve Stackable, Wyman Pretty, Kent Howerton. A lot of these old cats, older cats, not old, but older cats in the original crew, they kind of uh, left a lot of these in my hands, so to speak. And, and like Cat Span, who ran... Tex MX, which later became Southern Dirt Bike Journal, the newspaper, you know, before she died of cancer, uh, I guess it was back in 2009, you know, she called me up and said, Shan, get, get your ass over here to the house. I want to give you something. And 
I said, well, okay, that's fine. And I was curious what she was giving me. And he left me an entire archive collection of all her images and said, use them however you want. Keep the, keep the, keep living the legacy and keep the, the history of Texas motocross alive. So to answer your question, a lot of my images, you know, they predate when I started really picking right. up, uh, professional grade equipment and cameras. That's awesome, man. Like the last time I was at your house, when you let me crash on your couch for the second time before I got on the airplane, <laughs> you were showing me yeah. some of that stuff. And man, Mark, he has programs from old, you know, supercrosses and just so much stuff that like I couldn't have looked through it all. It, like I, almost, I just basically didn't look at it all because it was just too much. It was so overwhelming. Oh, I'd never leave. You'd have yeah. to, you have to throw me out. I'd be trying to dig through all of it. It was bud. just really badass. Well, I tell you, a lot of. No. Uh, I love that the, the how how well you're preserving the history of the sport in in, in Texas and uh, you know we're we're here to uh, a part of what we do here we do a few different things but we want to keep that going keep try to get this scene but I don't know if it's the right words to say back to where it should be because I think it's doing pretty well but that's going to go ahead and lead me into what I had to say ask you first as long as you've been involved with Texas motocross being it from when you first started riding or whatever up till now. What do you think is uh, what do you think the state of, of the local scene is? Oh yeah, that's a great question. I, I, it's it's coming back around. Um, you know, obviously, we took a pretty monumental hit hit nine nine years ago um, after two thousand eight when the economy dropped out. You'd go to whether it's a night race or a local Sunday day race, and you'd see you know you might see three or four or five, maybe six fifty fifty riders. And uh, now, as of this past this past year, those 50 cc rider gates and 65 cc rider gates, man, they, those have been packed gates. Yeah. So um, it's finally coming back around, and uh, it's finally making some headway. I, I don't know that it's it's not at the category it was obviously in the 90s and the early millennium and all the way up until 2008. Those were some pretty damn strong years. Absolutely. But, uh, but uh, it's, uh, thankfully for the dealerships, for your show, for my product, um, and just Texas motocross in general, and, and especially the tracks, you know, the, the track owners that put their heart and soul and their livelihoods on the line, opening up their land for us to come play, our ho- you know, enjoy our hobby on. Luckily, it's starting to really turn back around, and, and everybody's going to benefit. And I'm hoping in the next two years it'll really, really, really get back to the, the glory days, but we still got a little ways to go, but it's, it's, it's damn sure a lot better than it was right. five and six, seven and eight years ago for sure. Well, you mentioned the economy a few years ago, but let's just take 2017. Do you think the somewhat lackluster turnout at events has to do with the economy such as price of bikes or maybe the sport, the professional sport, isn't as popular as it was in the 90s with somebody like McGrath who was very, very mainstream? Uh, I think – I think uh, I think it's a little bit of each. Um, I, I know that the four strokes have not done the sport any justice, so to speak. I agree. It's too expensive for a kid and his parents to go get a 250F and watch a grenade and not be that competitive. Um, and they can only go and buy a couple of those bikes. Just I'm talking about your average income, your average teenager that, right. that may, still, may still be going to public school and high school and he wants to go just race. Um, at Free Palms or, or Freestone once or once in a while for fun. It's too much for them to keep up bikes going if a bike's always grenading. Um, but you, you hit the bigger nail on the head with McGrath. I mean, 
that is something that we may not see again for another 20 years with a true a true showtime icon like that that really took the sport to the next level. I mean, you got to remember 1-800-COLLECT got involved. Yeah. I mean, so, so many major sponsors got involved when he was running the show and, uh, and, and such a charismatic person that we don't have, you know, it's really cool to see Ryan Dungey get on the Wheaties box. Absolutely. But we don't have a guy with the flair that Jeremy McGrath did. And, um, we don't have anybody right now, in my opinion, on the horizon for that. And, uh, and I'm not talking about speed wise. I'm talking about personality, uh, cult- culture wise and personality wise yeah. and popularity. So, it may be a little bit longer. I, I hope I answered your question correctly. Yeah, yeah. But it may oh, be yeah. a little bit longer, you know, before we see that big of a tidal wave come through right. and make that big splash in the sport. It's unfortunate that the seven deuce deuce isn't a whole lot faster because he's got the personality. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It, a lot of them have a lot of them have the personalities. You got to have that. You got to have that number one plate to go along with that personality to make that big an impact. Yes, I yes. think uh, Kenny's probably as close as we're going to get to that, and we're still and we're unsure on his future at this point. Like, what's going to really happen? He seemingly seemingly was going to be that next per- wave of personality to come through, and we just don't know now. So, like, I agree with you. There will not be another McGrath for a long time, if ever, really. There will be. It'll just take a while. I mean, there was a Hannah in the seventies, and True. you know the the. Our, generation that was both the, our dads and uncles that grew up with Hannah, right. generation a couple of generations above us. That was their McGrath, and he made a huge splash. And and obviously, motocross was really coming to its own in the seventies. So there will be, and there can be, but it, it'll it'll be another couple of decades before we knock before somebody steps up and knocks on the park. And I agree with you. I thought I thought Ken Rockson would would be the closest thing to that. You know, after kind of Pastrana fizzled out in in, in the Supercross and Outdoor Nationals stage. Yeah. He was probably the next guy to really take to that level. I think Carmichael and Stewart are just a tier underneath them when it comes to that popularity factor, and and, uh, and there's I probably agree. several re- several reasons for that. But uh, man, you know, to get back to those days, that's uh, those are some long lost fun days. And you think about how popular motocross was, and, and I'm just talking about here in Texas in the late '90s. We had the, you know, you had the Pro Circuit Series, and you had. The winter series was starting out with Tony Miller in 2000, and motocross in Texas was still, and you had Lake Whitney open and Mosier Valley, of course, but yeah. motocross so strong across the nation, but definitely here in Texas. And it's uh, without a guy like McGrath, with with the four strokes coming along. I mean, I can name, and, and Jamie, you know this, you know, you can name five or six vet riders, and they're the ones that go into dealerships and purchase parts and spend money. Mm-hmm. I can name five or six. Those guys that bought 450s and those 450s grenaded, and their wife basically said, "Hey, we're done money on this sport right now." But if they were on two-stroke 250s, boy, it cost them a few hundred dollars. They wouldn't even tell their wife that they're buying. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, they you're right. They lied to them like they lied to their wives about everything else and dealing with finance. That's why Shan's not married. No, man. Well, yeah, I. Uh... I don't have that luxury. My wife works at the bank, watches the bank account, so she knows everything that goes yeah. out. I'm kind of screwed. Oh, you're a doomed, you're a doomed man. Yeah, that's it. That's He's it. Screwed. But, no, I've kind of gone back to just riding two strokes. I've got an old CR250 I keep around. It's cheap to fix. I don't have to worry about, you know, spending 1500 bucks. 
Yeah, Mark changes his mind every weekend, though. He'll ride my 06 and go, I want a four-stroke. Then he'll get a four-stroke, and the next week, I want a two-stroke. Yeah, well, I've only got one, though, so that tells you the wife's put a lid. She's put a, a stop to all that, that frequent bike buying, <laughs> you know. But it's <laughs> but who realistically, though, who has ten grand to go drop on a new bike? Not very many people that, nope. that are into this. You know, I'm a working-class guy. I mean, it's, yeah. it's a stretch for me to do that. Yeah, well, Mark, I mean, I feel your pain because – I've never went out and bought a 450 a four stroke for myself. I bought a couple for some sponsored riders, but I, I understand that double edged sword because you get on a four stroke and as a vet rider that's got a beer gut, you're just kind of lazy. And, <laughs> and I'm not talking about general. I'm talking about vet riders in general. It, it sure is easy to, to twist a four stroke throttle and just go and not have to work so hard. Yeah. But you know, but when that bike kind of lets lets loose or something's wrong with it, it's not as easy as replacing a piston ring in your garage and in an hour and a half and putting coolant back in and exactly. firing it up. Exactly. Yeah, that's the so, truth, man. That's the so truth. I got you know, we, we talked about uh, the overall state of motocross, but how about just individual races? You, I, I know you make a lot of races, whether you're doing vintage or um, whatever with and going out there with shock socks. We've had some listeners send us messages and topics and, they're concerned about the number of classes and being at the race for like, you know, at, for whatever, 14 hours because there's to ride 20 minutes. Yeah. Because yeah. there's, you know, 20, 20, 50 class, 20, 20, 50 CC classes or whatever. Um, <laughs> and like one of our listeners, Robert Wells mentioned saying, you know, maybe these tracks could break them up where they do all the youth in the morning and all the big bikes in the evening. And that way, if you, are only an, you know, an adult, you just come in the evening. And if you've got a kid and you race, then you stay all day, but you're going to stay all day anyway. Does that make well, sense? Yeah, it, it does. And, they, and some of the some of the series does that now, where they have Saturday 50, 65, right. 85 uh, girls, uh, super many, and then Sunday is novice, intermediate, vet. So it it depends on which series you're hitting, and I'm not sure what uh, which, which ones Robert Wells goes to all the time, but but he's kind of got a, people have a point, and you guys have a point, and he does too. There, it is kind of it does it has gotten a little overkill with the amount of classes offered because you're you're right. And I announced, you know, this Jamie, I announced many races throughout yeah. the year, and um, you know sometimes those tracks you're you're at the races and it's getting dark or it's six o'clock, six thirty, and they really theoretically could have been done around four thirty or so, four or four thirty, had there been. Uh, three or four or five or six less classes, you know, but yeah. I don't control that aspect. Of sure. It. Some of that comes from, some of that comes from the, the AMA rules and the new classes they pass. And I try to stay away from even educating myself on all that because it changes every year. And it, I just end up pulling my hair off trying to remember <laughs> all the rules, but, uh, it is tedious and it is kind of problemsome whenever you, you just want to go out and race and have fun for a day and be done. Maybe by two or three, get your two motos in and split the scene. And sometimes you're there till six thirty or seven o'clock, you know, and yeah. you still got to travel home, get kids to bed, get them showered, get them ready for school the next day if they're not homeschooled and they're just going to public school. So it can be a little bit troublesome, that's for sure, with yeah. the amount of classes. Well, not not to mention the cost involved in that that somebody's going to incur, not just buying bikes, buying fuel to get there. Maybe you got to get a motor home, maybe you don't. Maybe you just come in the back of your truck, but. Ten dollars to get in the gate, you know, thirty-five a class or forty a class or whatever it is, and if it's just it just it adds up quick, and I feel like maybe that keeps some people away, you know. I can't, maybe right. I'm wrong. I don't know, but well, luckily for us, we live in the great state of Texas, and we have 
we have some AMA races and we've got some outlaw races and we've got double 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 day races, the Saturday and Sunday program, and we've mm-hmm. got the singles program and uh, more classes and less classes. So luckily for guys like us, we can kind of pick and choose and go, hey, we're going to go hit this race this weekend because it makes sense, or uh, we're going to go dedicate two full days at a, at a track and, and just double day it and sacrifice all of our time. So it's, it's to be real honest, it's kind of a good problem to have. No, true, um, yeah. That's true. You know, That's another way to look at it. Other, there's other states that have two or three tracks, and uh, and they're spread out five hours apart or four hours apart. So we actually have it pretty good here in Texas. Yeah, and I've always wondered why that Texas didn't get more attention from, say, the pro side of things. Like you see guys in Florida training because it's hot and they want to get used to that. I mean, it's hot as hell here too, you know. We got plenty of tracks to ride, plenty of land available for purchase. And uh, I just, uh, I figured, I don't know why it's it's as big as it is on our level. I just never understood why it never got the attention from the professional ranks. Maybe I'm misspeaking on that. I don't know. Well, one of the, a couple of things happened. Uh, you had Carmichael and his mom in Florida, and you yeah. had Millsaps and his mom, um, wherever they are, Georgia, Georgia or yeah. state is. Cairo. And uh, so they kind of hit, you know, those are two household names that really hit the ball out of the park uh, 15, 20 years ago with all the training and turning pro and what, what, what their moms can do for those kids. So a lot of people started going to those states. Now, I will say this. We were extremely blessed. And I'm kind of scratching my head right now. You talked about Kennard, for example. 2005, 2001 to 2008, and especially 2007 and 2008, we had Trey Kennard, Kyle Cunningham, Sean Hackley, Will Hahn, Tommy Hahn, um, uh, Matt LeMoyne, um, Tyler Wharton, Blake Wharton. We had a extremely hotbed of motocross of true badasses come out of our area. Bernard yeah. would come from Oklahoma. Jimmy Albertson would come down and, you know, they'd be racing the pro circuit series. You had, you had um, oh man, uh, the kid, Taryn O'Dell would come down from Oklahoma. He would mix it up with the Wharton brothers. I mean, we had some really fast amateur that became a riders and then had great pro careers. And, uh, you know, Cunningham's still out there getting after it. But Shelia moved here mm-hmm. around 2000, 2006, 2007 when he was on YZ85. So my point is this. While while those big training camps of the Carmichael's, the Millsaps, kind of garnered a lot of attention, we did have a pretty damn good run for many years in the, in the middle of the millennium, 2005, 2006, 2007, of some really talented racers here in our backyard. And, I'm kind of scratching my head right now because, you know, you got um, uh, Carter Halpain did real good, and you got Parker Mashburn. We've got we've got got three or four guys that, that could really turn some heads and have turned some heads. But man, when you think back ten years ago, eleven, twelve years ago, there was about twelve or thirteen kids out of out of the South Central U.S. that were just hanging out here in Texas practicing. You know, mm-hmm. and you, you got to go back and watch that Sean Hackley Disney. Video oh, oh yeah, yeah, I've seen it. <laughs> I mean, here's Disney at Village Creek filming a 13-year-old Sean Ackley on an 85. Right. You know? Yep. Yep. We had some pretty good. We had some pretty good years. I guess what I'm saying, and, and I'm scratching my head, going, "Okay, when is that next tidal wave? When are we gonna get the next six or seven really top-notch 85 racers come up that'll all 
go to 120 or go to intermediate and then turn A and then have some pretty decent careers going in the pro ranks. No, for sure. A little bit of that is I'm a little biased. I'm from Texas. I think it's great. And, uh, you, 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 ideally you would, you would think, you know, we've had some phenomenal riders come out of here and I'm like you, I'm waiting on the next wave of them. Right. Also, Texas is so big, it's easy to get distracted. And that was a big, a big article in RaceRex. Davy Coom had interviewed me in RaceRex and it was, uh, like a 2005, uh, magazine, an issue. I think it may have been July of 05 or so. And he labeled it the, the no star state. And, uh, and it wasn't, <laughs> I, I totally got where he was coming from. Some of these old fashioned Texas boys that, that we look up to, some of them got been out of shape, but I totally got the point Davey was coming across. And he, he labeled it that because as, as many great racers coming out of Texas, we'd never had anybody win a light main event. Finally, a few years later, Blake Wharton, in fact, did. Yeah. He won a couple. He won a couple, but in that article, he, he dedicated, I don't know, seven or eight pages to Texas, and I just happened to be one of the interviewees, and there was a few others, but it got brought up. The Texas so big. There's so many things to do that it's easy to it's easy to kind of put racing on the back burner, you know, and uh, with the nightlife and the, the clubbing and the, the, the peewee football and just football and just so many other things Texas has to offer yeah. that uh, it's hard it's kind of hard to, to stay focused and, and just train, 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 and, and um, have an exponential amount of racers transition into the pro ranks from Texas and make it and make it big. And he was that whole article was kind of based off of uh, Steve. It had been since Steve Stackable, Steve Wise, Ken Out, and Wyman Pretty since the '70s, since we had any factory, true factory standout stars, you know, and that's right. what was. That's what was really cool about, like I said, 2007, 2008, 2009. And you had Blake Wharton winning main events in the life class. You had Cunningham, a household name. Hackley, a household name of the Disney video. Popularity on 85s all the way up. You had Matt LeMoyne, you know, cranking in top 10s, top 20s, and outdoors. And, and they were all on life classes, but at least it was kind of a step in the right direction as far as those factory names go, you know. Right. Yeah, now, now that you say that, I agree with that. I think in Texas, the the, the culture is uh, football. It's big, big football. And it, when I growing up here, that was all anybody in my family talked about. That is football, football, right. football. And that's what basically it was just like it was a given. We were all going to play. You know, it wasn't if it was what age we were going to start. So I I, I hear yeah. you there. I do agree with that. But what we do have in Texas is a ton of awesome tracks. Oh yeah, yes we do. Yeah. Yeah, places like Johnsonville, Underground, Swan, Village Creek, Three Palms, Cycle Park, Texplex Park. Now, yeah, I can't wait to check that. Have you been out there, Shan, to the new Texplex place? Man, I have not. I got invited. Uh, Chris Dobbins, my old Shock Talk business partner, oh, yeah. one of my best. He uh, he invited me out there in the opening weekend, but I had already had plans, and he did all the signage out there. He owns a sign and graphics company. Yeah. So he told me he told me the place is really cool, and I know Casey Chappelle. Has kind of come on board over there yep. at, at the flex, and he's going to help reroute the track and kind of give it a little more motocross friendly feel. Um, but I, I'm looking forward to going out there. I've heard a lot of great things about the facility. Yeah, we had him on last week, and you know, I mean, look, they've got—I don't know if you know everything they have out there, but they've got the mountain bike trails. They have the airbag for doing tricks on mountain bikes. They have indoor gun range. They have skeet shooting they have jet boat course they have utv course cross-country course 
I'm like, dude, I'm going down there for a weekend with motorcycles, guns, and mountain bikes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And they're open seven days exactly. a week. Exactly. Well, and the cool thing is, is they're 30 minutes from downtown Dallas. I mean, I can get to Midlothian at Chris's house in 35 minutes. So, I mean, what a great place to be. Yeah. You know, four to six million population people in, in the North Texas DFW area. So, uh, hopefully they've got uh, they've got it going on. I'm sure they do. And hopefully they've got nothing but great success coming their way. Because I know that's a pretty, mon- pretty monumental investment to get something of that nature going. Agreed. Yeah, I, I, I want nothing more than to see that place succeed. So, uh, well, Shannon, we know you're a busy guy. We won't take any more of your time, man. But thanks for coming on and uh, and giving us some insight. Like I, I told Jamie, I was like, we need to get him on for this segment. And uh, you delivered, man. You did exactly what I thought you would. And, and thank you for that. <laughs> Yeah, hey, y'all keep doing the great work, and uh, I'm proud of you guys. I'm, I'm stoked on uh, the, the doors you're opening and uh, the, the guests you've had on. Y'all keep it up, man. It's a lot of fun. I used to do what you're doing. It's a blast. So yeah. I know it's a lot, a lot of hard work, but uh, hats off to you guys. Keep keep it up. And, Mark, you get your shock socks, and uh, hopefully one day we'll get to actually meet up and I'll go ride sometime. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's don't, do it soon. Don't tell him how many you sent because he might not get them all. <laughs> I just need one, man. I'm good. I got one bike. I need one pair. I really appreciate that, though, Shan. Thanks again. Yeah, Yeah, right on. Thanks for allowing us to be a sponsor of the show, man. We're super stoked on that. All right. Thanks, Shan. Have a good night, buddy. Okay. Good night, guys. Shan Garcia, that concludes the Locals Only segment. That concludes the show, guys. Again, we're going to big shout-out Broadway Power Sports, Tyler, Texas. Thank you to all these guys that are involved. Uh, uh, Shock Socks, you, you, you distracted. Sorry, me. I distracted you, man. <laughs> MX Girl Designs, York Welling and Fab, All Sport Dynamics. Again, big thanks to uh, Jeff Brewer and those guys over there for coming on board. I can't wait to get my braces. Yeah, that's what I, we were supposed to tell people how they're how we're going to give those away tonight because I promoted that. But honestly, we have not talked about it, so you'll have to listen next week. We'll come up with something cool, I promise, and we'll be re- giving away the first set of uh shock so- or not shock socks excuse me all sport dynamic wrist braces now so guys just, these are these yeah. are high dollar very awesome braces um you will definitely want to pay yep. attention to how to win a set of those um yep. they retail for about 145 dollars each a so a pair you know you're looking at you know 290 bucks something like that all right man well guys yeah good show tonight uh, hopefully producer gets it uploaded Yep, yep, because Christina yeah. Denny has uh, just texted me, and she's waiting on the link. So is where's it at? Is it ready? <laughs> it's ready. Hurry the hell up. <laughs> Hurry the hell up. With Jamie again, thanks, guys. Yep. Moto thanks, X Pod Show. See you next week.